Howdy, and welcome to the first single scoop episode of 2022. I'm Oldar, and today I'm going to be talking about the New Year's concerts SM Town has done for the last two years. If you've listened to the K-Pop Sunday podcast, you're probably aware of how much I enjoy HOT and many other first-gen artists. However, there are many groups that I like, but haven't had the opportunity to bring up on the main podcast. Thus, I'm using this episode as an excuse to talk about some of these artists who happen to reside in the same company. If you haven't watched either of the SM Town concerts and want to do so before you hear me talking about it, I'll be including links to both of them in the script. With that out of the way, let's get into the concerts themselves. If you haven't watched either of them, here's a quick summary. Due to COVID preventing artists from performing in front of live audiences safely, last year SM Entertainment decided to hold a free concert online. It was a positive note to start the year on and led to another one happening this year. The first of these concerts was called SM Town Live Culture Humanity Concert. It took place on January 1st, 2021. Not including the pre-show, the concert was about 3 hours and 58 minutes long. There were 39 songs performed, not including the DJ sets after the concert had ended. It started with showing shields of the different groups under SM. Each shield had each group's name, debut year, color, and something special about the group on it. For example, TVXQs had their name, their debut year, their group color, as well as it had two stars, representing them because of their fans. They're basically a constellation. And these shields were seen during the concert, but they were also used as hashtags on Twitter. Lisa Mun then made a brief introduction and explained why this concert was being done before the show started. The artists who performed were NCT U, NCT 127, NCT Dream, Wavy, TVXQ, Super Junior, Super Junior KRY, Super Junior DNE, Red Velvet, Espa, Super M, Taeyeon, Kai, Baekhyun, Taemin, and Kongta. There were also three DJs featured, Imle, Ginjo, and Raiden. The songs that were performed weren't just releases from 2020. Some were hits from past years like Red Velvet's Psycho or songs that were going to be released in the coming year like Kongta's Cough Syrup. And after a few songs, the groups would take a break and talk to the audience. They pretty much all had the same speech about wanting to see the fans again and that they were doing this concert because of COVID and they were trying to be safe. But this was something that everyone did throughout it. And at the end, they all ended it with singing Hope, which was written by Kongta for HOT's third album, Resurrection, back in 1998. After that was over, then the DJ after party went on for about an hour with each of the three DJs playing for a substantial amount of time. As the concert was a success and COVID numbers hadn't reduced enough, they decided to do it again this year. The second concert was called SM Town Live, SMCU Express at Kwangya. It also took place on New Year's Day. If you count the pre-show and the post-show, the concert took about seven hours. That's very long. The majority of the same artists performed with the exception of Baekhyun and Taemin were not there due to their military enlistments and Wavy members Lucas, Ten, and Winwin weren't there either, which meant that there was no Wavy group performance this time. However, we did get Boa, Hyoyeon, and numerous DJs. Yoo Young Jin did sing Dear My Family as a solo song for him, but he wasn't on stage and he was not performing it. Instead, there were shots of everyone except him over the 
years practicing, performing, and crying. It showed just how much these idols have gone through over the years. There were 45 songs performed during this concert, not including the DJ sets. Like last time, quite a few songs weren't released during 2021, but they were still fan favorites. The concert wasn't just longer due to more songs though, as there were also parts of music videos, DJ sets, and a new DJ show was advertised in addition to infomercials which were shown during the pre-show and also right before the post-show. There were also scene transitions that told a story about Kwangya mainly focused on TVXQ, which were kind of neat because I have not been following the whole backstory of that, but seeing all the stuff that was going on with them kind of made me interested. And it started with the train leaving for Kwangya after Lee Suman's introduction, and then it showed like the artists arriving there. My favorite scene from this though was when Minho was in his car and looking up Ningning, and then it transitioned into an Espa performance. I thought that was really cool. And during the post show, the DJ sets were mostly performed at a type of carnival that was really impressive because I thought it was just a small set, but some of the rides were actually working rides, such as there were people in the background sometimes who were on bumper cars. You could see the carousel going around or the Ferris wheel. So that extra little detail was very impressive to me. And besides the length and some of the artists, there were other differences between the two concerts. I think the concert was longer because they had confidence in it. They got quite a few big name sponsors for it, including LG. And while commercials and product placements can be annoying, it was what let the event to be as big as it was and also allowed for it to remain free for fans. So you want all this extra stuff, someone's got to pay somewhere. Doing this type of show costs a lot of money, especially putting together the outfits, the makeup and stuff, not even going into the graphics or the other dancers and just getting everyone together. There's a lot that goes into this. I didn't watch the concert for 2022 live though. Instead, I watched it on Billy Billy. And so I did kind of speed through those parts because it was getting long and it's like, okay, a lot of these products are not available outside of Korea. So this does not mean anything to me. Or like Hyunyeon was advertising dog treats and like dog products. And I do not have dogs. So that really doesn't apply to me. However, that money also went into stuff like the camera work and also the sets. There was definitely a feeling of it being more like a grand music video set instead of like a music stage show. They also brought in way more DJs and there was even an orchestra for Espa's Black Mamba performance. And now that I've kind of caught you up to speed with what the concert was about, what happened, I'd like to talk about some thoughts I had after watching both of them. I watched the first one when it was live, but I wanted to do this right. So Min was very kind and found a stream of it for me. So then I could rewatch it and take notes on it. And then I went and watched the whole concert about seven hours worth of the second concert yesterday and took notes on it. So I want to more talk about my impressions on it, my thoughts. I'm not going to be listing everything that happened. If you're interested in looking at, okay, did she have comments about this particular performance? I'm going to be leaving my full notes, which is about 15 pages in the script for this. If you do want to see the full set list or just general impressions. The first thing that I want to talk about is a quote from Lee Suman. Today's free concert is to bless and celebrate SM Town fans' humanity right here. I really like this quote because it does sort of understand why are the fans here. 
He also went on to say after this about how music is more than just a form of entertainment. It's something that impacts people. It's something that means something more than just, hey, I'm listening to a song I like or, ooh, I like dancing. And that's something that really reminded me of very old school SM Entertainment because back in the day, Yoo Young Jin and H.O.T. were very much about that. Yoo Young Jin was one of those people who he wanted to be more than music and when he was basically trying to educate H.O.T. right before their debut, he taught them that as well. And he really changed their mindsets. Like Kongta, for instance, was quoted in in their autobiography as saying that Yu Young Jin was what made him think that music is about more than just being cool because Yu Young Jin did a lot of incredible things back in the day like pre-debut Buyuk and Tony from HOT were the only two members who were living in a dorm because they were from out of the area and Yu Young Jin came by with a heater because Tony and Buyuk mentioned him it's like oh our heat went out in our dorm and Yu Young Jin went excuse me <laughs> and he just went out and he did it and they were just so shocked. That it's like, wow, this guy isn't just a producer. He really cares. He really means what he says. And so then that really had a positive effect on HOT. And that sort of mentality, though, is something that you will see SM repeating, even if they do not always act on it as they should. But considering as Lee Sumon has been there since the beginning, as he is the founder, but hearing a founder say something that was so core to SM since the beginning when that was part of the rise of SM, that just was something that I really like seeing. That just reminded me of old SM before so much happened. <laughs> However, I also want to talk about that there were some missing groups. Uh, the ones that were very significant were EXO, SHINee, SNSD, and WAVE. The thing that annoyed me was that in the first concert, SHINee was not appearing, but they advertised for SHINee because they were doing a comeback in 2021, which was the Don't Call Me comeback, which was awesome. That was actually one of my favorite songs from them last year. But then in the second concert, they did the same thing for EXO because EXO did have a release, but they were not performing. And like Dio, he had a release. Where is he? If they do this concert again next year, I highly doubt EXO will be performing again, but I'd like to see it. I would also like to see SHINee performing. I know that a lot of the Girls' Generation members aren't really active in singing right now. They're off acting and living lives right now. So I understand that, but I would like to see an SNSD performance. I would really like to see something like Lionheart. I know that a lot of their classic hits from when they were a full nine member group probably isn't going to happen, but I would just like to see more than just poor Taeyeon was just holding down the fort until Hyoyeon joined this year. It's like, okay, come. And also Hyoyeon's gotten into DJing. So it's like nice to see her. She also had a release this year. So that was nice to see her again. But it's like, can I have some more? <laughs> I like this group. I would like to see more. And with XO, when EXO members were first being enlisted, they were still able to come out with music even though they were down to six members, but we did not have that this year. Like, I understand why Chen wasn't performing. I understand that. Totally get it. But I would have liked to seen more, at least at this concert, because it's just down to Kai right now. And it's like, he's gonna have to enlist soon. Him and Sehun gotta be on their way at some point in the near future. Like, I'd prefer to have some XO. And they showed XO, but no XO was there. I'd like to have a bigger stage with these groups who I really enjoy. And I feel like they're a huge part of SM. <laughs> It's very strange to have a big concert like this without him. Same as last year's concert when Boa wasn't there. She is such a staple. And I understand why she wasn't there because of her controversy. But 
when I think of SM Town, I think of everyone who's currently there getting together for some performance. Usually like they're doing like their own thing, but then they'll have like one group song and we'll see unusual collaborations, which is nice. Such as we saw a member from Espa who was doing a collaboration with members from Wavy. Very nice. I like that. That was pretty cool. I really like Zoo. I thought it was a lot of fun and I would like to see something more like that in the future. And another group that I did not see there was Wavy. And that's partially because they were down three members. Uh, one of them was Lucas. But then also Ten and Winwin were in China doing their own stuff. But it's like, come on. <laughs> like, I don't understand why they would have schedules at this point of the year when it is so important for them around December and beginning January to be around everyone else. Because that's when you get like all like the big group stuff. So Winwin sat out of universe, which I feel like just, mm, I didn't like that. Didn't like that. And when they were doing Resonance last year, I had this kind of feeling that this was going to be the last time we were going to see them as 23 members. So I, that was part of the reason why I bought both versions of Resonance was that I'm probably not going to see these people as 23 in the same album again. And sure enough, we did not see that this year. But hopefully, 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 we will see all 23 next year. Although I am still holding out for Sungchan and Shotaro to get their own unit finally there was one point where like the big thing about the second concert was that it was supposed to take place on a train and it's like ooh, everyone's got their own train car that's a lot like them and Sungchan and Shotaro were just by themselves however we do know that Sungchan and Shotaro were told very late in the game with little notice that they were going to be debuting so when they joined Resonance it was kind of like yes they are actually going around and being introduced to the members even though they did train with a lot of them it's still different when you're on the other side and actually debuting but that made me think that their debut got pushed up for some reason or that their full unit group got delayed because of COVID I have no proof to back that up I'm just that's just my suspicion but I would like to see them more but it was kind of sad, though, to see, okay, we have Kun, we have Hendry, we have Xiaojun, and we have Yang Yang, and they're interacting with everybody and doing these great performances, and we're not getting that full representation of just a wavy stage. The closest thing that we got to that was when Kun and Xiaojun did their duet. My hope is that next year we either get some more full group performances that we've been missing for the last two concerts, or at least, like, we get... You know, the whoever the remaining members are, let's team up and perform as a group. Because you'd think that after JYJ left, that SM would be like, hmm, we need to come up with a contingency plan if a certain amount of members leaves. Because like we've seen with TVXQ, how they were able to take songs that originally needed five members and bring it down to two. Especially with Rising Sun, I think that that one's kind of like a good go-to because that one did heavily feature Changmin and Yunho on it. But who knows, though, if it comes down to scheduling or who has advance notice or who was able to do what. But that's what I'm hoping for in the next concert, if they should do one like this next year. Something that I probably shouldn't be laughing at, but I still am anyway, is that with everyone having their own compartment on the train, I noticed how it kind of went down in quality and features as it went on. Like by the time it was like towards the back of the train with NCT and Espa, they didn't even have seats. And actually, I think it was either 127 or Wavy who had graffiti in theirs. It was like, wow, things are really going downhill. Like you see Super Junior has the snack bar and Boa and Kongsa have like these large luxurious seats. But then just as it goes back, it's just less for everyone else. And I thought that was kind of funny. I know that it was probably more like, ooh, we're making these different about like the people, but that just cracked me up. 
Another thing that I did want to bring up was that Espa had a live orchestra for their Black Mamba performance, which I thought was pretty cool. SM has a bit of a history with having orchestras being sort of added to their performance. I think the first one where they really did that was with HOT's Aya. But I noticed though for the second concert that they had way more backup dancers and that a lot of the dancers were not masked, but that orchestra for Espa's performance was. So I just kind of went, hmm, I know that there's an issue with inconsistency with policy and I assume that also the orchestra was more outsourced whereas the dancers could have been you know trainees at SM but that still made me go hmm but I also though did notice during this performance though I don't know why it didn't pick up until then that with both concerts I really liked how they put the name under each of the members so if you were trying to say oh I like this person who is it it's like ah I can see it and then for the second concert they also had the lyrics listed on the side in English so I really appreciated that so it kind of made it feel more like a music show it was like more resources for if you want to find out who is an artist that you like or songs that you like However, it was also through that though, that when Got The Beat performed Step Back, that it was very easy to see the lyrics. Got The Beat is a collaboration between Boa, Red Velvet, SNSD, and Espa. And something that's kind of, hmm, about SM is that since the time of HOT and SES, I've noticed that they will always have more boy members than girl members, such as HOT was five, SES was three. When Super Junior debuted at 12, then later it came to 13 and eventually 15. That's changed. But SNSD was always nine members until Jessica's departure. Then they went down to eight. And then the same thing with we've got over 20 members in NCT, but then we only have four people in ESPA, even though there are the A's. Although Shiny and FX had the same amount of members. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So then that means though that over time, when people choose not to renew their contracts, there's less members, which was part of the reason why you had that representation for Got the Beat. And this stage when they first came out, it gave me Kiss 5 flashbacks. It made me think of that one song that Kiss 5 released. It just made me go, oh, are we doing Kiss 5? Also, the lyrics reminded me of that song by Dream called He Loves You Not. That was, I think, back in the 90s. Or the Wonder Girls song, The DJ Is Mine. There's a couple of songs in the history of SM where it's like the lyrics don't necessarily match the tone of the song. And this is kind of one of those. It's about basically a guy and like having issues, but it kind of didn't match the chorus at the back or the eerie kind of fairground music, which I actually really did like the instrumental. But like looking at the lyrics, it was like, this is just not here. What are we doing? And it's kind of strange that Yu Young Jin wrote it. This is the guy who's written Don Don and he's writing this? I was really surprised and kind of disappointed in him. He can do better. Like, he's done way better for girl groups. I feel like even though the instrumental was great, the performance was great. Like, obviously, like, when you have SM performances, you're not going to get a bad performance. You're not going to get something where it's common for the members to be out of sync. You're not going to get lackluster, typically. The lyrics, I felt like, kind of wrecked it. But then also, how they introduced the group reminded me of how Ladies Code was introduced. Where Ladies Code was marketed as being, like, the voice for women and, oh, we're telling their stories. And that was very much what Got the Beat was advertised as. So that made me go, hmm. Also, I really liked that Hyoyeon really had her own style. Like there's at one point at the end when they're singing Hope where she was one of two that really customized her sweatshirt. I was like, that's pretty funny. Good for you. I like that. 
Another thing that I want to bring up real quickly is that there was a section where NCT was introduced and it had this very artsy intro and it looked like it was clips from a 20 episode drama like a full k-drama but it just never aired and like it was just clips from like their music videos and other such things but it's like what's going on from like these clips like they should do a drama to my knowledge, NCT hasn't exactly had a drama like EXO's Next Door or any of like the TVXQ, Dangerous Love, or Unforgettable Love. But I think though that if NCT as like full members had one, I think it'd be really interesting. Another thing that caught my eye was during the after party with the DJs is that Raiden was, he kind of gave off the vibe of being like Shotaro's big brother. He kind of reminded me of that. But then at the end of his performance, Xiao Jun came out of the elevator by him and they had this very cute collab. And it just made me think, okay, when is he joining NCT? I don't care that his age probably isn't within like the range of them. You know, everyone ends up in NCT. Why can't we have him? I mean, he is an SM already. Like, just put him in. It's okay. We can add another one. And the final thing that I wanted to talk about was at the end of both of these concerts, they included the song Hope, which technically it's the actual word used for the song title is Light, but its nickname is Hope because it's about giving hope. And I think that this was a very good song choice to end both of these concerts. This is obviously not the first time SM Town has done this, but this was a very important time for it. And it was the best time because I assume that a lot of you don't know the history of HRT and because the HRT project is still being worked on, uh, you're not going to hear the full thing right now. But basically, Kongta composed this song during the Asian financial crisis. And that was during a time when HRT was using their stardom power to insert themselves into bigger conversations in Korea outside of just the K-pop sphere. This is more than just a song to cheer up people. This was a song of, hey, we understand what you're going through, but just in case you were listening to the song far after this crisis, here's a song to comfort you. It's really a plea to hold on when you are going through the worst time in your life. So I really do think that it fits for this crisis because there are a lot of people who've lost family members or who have been impacted financially or there's also a lot of students who listen to K-pop and who've been affected by how this treats their school system. If there's one song from the history of SM that should be listened to during this time, it's Hope. That being said, however, I do have an issue with this cover. And my main issue is just how it's being performed. The way that this song comes off, it's more like, okay, we're singing a happy song. Like, it just sounds routine. It doesn't have the spark that H.O.T. had. I've noticed that, though, with me going back through and trying to find as many H.O.T. covers as possible while I'm doing research for the H.O.T. project and how there is a huge difference in how people treat it, where if idols are performing a song that meant a lot to them, their performance will be way more impactful than someone who, and eh, we're just doing this regularly. Now, there are some, though, that really do it well and who I really like. But for this one, though, if I were to rank covers of HRT songs, this one would be at a C or a D. The other problem I have is with Changmin. <laughs> I'll be honest. Because I noticed this when I was looking through his the old TVXQ drama for Unforgettable Love, where he did a cover of HOT's Hangbook. Changmin always defaults to Kongta's parts. Like, he's got very impressive vocals, but man, he cannot do a good Kongta. And I think the problem is that while he can reach the notes, he doesn't have the same type of vocal style. HOT is one of those groups, though, to be fair, that is very hard to cover, just because a lot of their stuff was in a style that we don't see today. And there's this one part of Hope where there's this big high note. It was like climax, 
big, huge, shiny moment for Kangta. And for both of these concerts, that's Bing Chong Min's part, and it's not that great. <laughs> so why is it that this part isn't going to the actual singer who's still here? Like, Kangta's voice has changed over the years, but then to also add to the fact that Kangta didn't really have a solo line in there, even though many people did. And also, like, for the first concert, he only had one song. He only had cough syrup. It just has me wondering what SM's doing. Like, they want to have the clout of, hey, we've been around this long. Hey, look, we have some of the original artists still with us. Then why don't you maximize on it? I don't know what they're up to. I'm just hoping that they figure it out at some point. However... I do hope that this concert does become a yearly event and that they do perform Hope when it is during these times of crisis where people do need to hear a song like that because I will absolutely watch it. So other than me wanting better representation for Kangta and I want someone else to change the line distribution for Hope should it be performed by SM Town again. There are certain people at certain parts that really do not do well. And they're really great artists, so why are you putting in parts that aren't that great? Even though I do have criticisms, I did like it, and I do think that it should be an annual event. Just as a foreign fan who doesn't like big crowded areas, probably not going to go to a music show, this was a great alternative for me. However, next time, I will definitely do it with a group during that time, and then take breaks and have people taking notes with me. Because I would like to talk about this. I think this is an awesome event, for a good reason, and I think that brings a lot of great artists together. I hope that you watch it as well and you come to your own conclusions and I really hope that you enjoy it too. And even though both these concerts were originally streamed on YouTube, you can't find either of the full shows there. However, luckily, Min found them on Billy Billy for me to review. And if you haven't used that site before, it's basically the Chinese version of YouTube and is similar to Navigate. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for listening. I was very worried about doing this because it is me solo and I know that People get tired of me talking about HOT, but as long as I've been in the sunbase, I have been working on the HOT project. Like, I've been working on it for years at this point. I'm really hoping to finish this year because I'm so tired of it. So I thank you if you sat through all this. And if you want to check out any of us or give feedback on any of it, please leave us a review because if you want something to change, that's a good place to do it. And in the description, as well as in the script, I will have links to all those places where you can do so. And I know that we said that we weren't doing anything for January, like we were taking the month off. That's not true. Every single one of us is working on some base stuff. But thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed it. If you do, please let me know, and I'll see you later. Annyeong!